What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, No Better Way. Tonight, we're going to do episode 61. Uh, the Knicks end their horrific skid. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they um, lost five games in a row to the Phoenix Suns, to the Los Angeles Clippers and Lakers, to the Utah Jazz, and the New Orleans Pelicans, most recently, heading into tonight. And it was more of the same. Um, you know, the issues were more of the same. Um, some inconsistencies in the offense, becoming a little, bit, a little bit stagnant at times. But for the most part, it was that three-point defense, right? Struggling to adjust, um, having some issues with the drop coverage, having issues fighting over the screens or going under the screens more so, and having issues you know, leaving too much space. That's the big thing. Too much space on the three-point arc, and not enough emphasis out there on on shooters. So that was a big reason to why they lost that many games in a row. Um, of course, the Knicks were without Julius Randle and Marcus Morris for you know, some of those games towards the end of that stretch. And a lot of the reasons Knicks fans were most pissed off about this stretch was the minutes distribution was not really pretty. Mike Miller wasn't really distributing his minutes the proper way. It was more towards the vets as opposed to, you know, wanting to win games as opposed to going full-on youth or even going a little bit youth. He wasn't really balancing it out well. He was just trying to win, win, win as opposed to, to, to try and win but also balance out by developing your youth a little and playing the kids. He didn't really do that. He kind of too much emphasis on, on the, the old guys who won't be here soon. But that was, you know, one of the reasons fans are frustrated and rightly so. But tonight against the Miami Heat, the Knicks bounce back. Uh, it was unexpected. Obviously, the Miami Heat are an excellent team. But, well, first of all, let me say this. Um, during that five-game losing streak, was I surprised the slightest bit? Not really. The one game that I thought the Knicks definitely should have taken was the Suns game. And the another game I thought they could have taken was the New Orleans Pelicans game. But really, when you look at those five games, four of those clubs, arguably maybe five, but four of them, definitely have more talent than the, than the Knicks. So they were out-talented more than they were out anything else. You know, the Knicks aren't as talented as, obviously, as the Clippers and Lakers. They aren't as talented as the Jazz, and you could argue that the Pelicans have more talent than the Knicks right now, at least more advanced in their process, in their rebuild process. So I expected that, and I also expected the Knicks to lose today against Miami, but they did not. They came out with a surprising victory, and... um. But before we start, I do want to say I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm going to try to make this episode as short as I can. I know I say that, and I'm probably going to end up rambling on for 15 minutes or so, but I just just excuse me. I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm not going to be able to talk. I don't have all my breath, but um, 
yeah, today's win was good. Um, again, the Knicks, you know, they're not a good shooting team. So with the personnel they have, they're going to use it to their strengths and roll to the rim and, and abuse, you know, the paint. And that's what they did tonight. 72 points to hell low in the paint. It might have been a season high for the Knicks compared to Miami's 46. Um, you know, the Knicks were just dominating down low, rolling off pick and roll, um, just posting up, drawing up plays for Randall, a couple of Barrett plays drawn up, designed for him. Um, and it was the second half shooting. It was the late game defense. You know, it was um, things like that <clears throat> that that helped them help propel them to victory tonight. Julius Randall, after missing the past couple of games, personal reasons, his the death of his grandmother, he uh, bounced back tonight and you know had a nice game back where he scored twenty six points, eight rebounds, and four assists on the side. So that was good. But again, he was 10 of 21 from the floor, but nine of his 10 field goals were down low in that restricted area. That was good to see. He was using his strength, playing downhill, you know, using his, his physicality, and playing the way he should be playing, is, which is you know down low in that paint. That's all we need from him. He, don't, he doesn't really need to abuse that three-point line, and that's what we're seeing him do less um, under Miller. He's playing smarter. He still has his issues of being reckless at times and not really playing exactly the way he should be, but he's been much better under under Mike Miller, uh, you know, optimizing his talents, I guess you could say. And so tonight, playing off the ball a little, as you just saw there, um, rolling to the rim and, and just using his strength, like I said. He did that in the second half. Um, the one three-pointer he did hit was big down the stretch, put the Knicks, they might, it might have put them up, but I think Tyler, not Tyler, uh, Johnson, someone Johnson, uh, who was it? Somebody hit a freaking three to put the heat right back up, answering Randall's three. and um, But Randall then ended up with the layup, finished at the rim, hit a couple of free throws late. He kept scoring for the Knicks down the stretch. He was big. It was nice to see him play well for this team. Um, again, just coming out you know, after missing, what was it, three games? Coming back and putting up a good performance at the Garden. It must have been an emotional day for him doing it for his grandmother. That was nice to see. So that was fun. R.J. Barrett also had a nice bounce back game. This is a kid who has struggled mightily with inconsistency this season um, with his efficiency. But tonight he was efficient from all around the floor. 7 out of 10 from the uh, from the floor. And 8 out of 10 from the free throw stripe. That was a plus. 23 points, 5, assi- uh, five rebounds, 3 assists. But... 8 out of 10 free throw shooting. That was big. And his, I guess you could say, clutch free throw shooting down the stretch helped um, give the Knicks the uh, the victory. Now, he did miss a couple down the stretch as well, but he had two trips where he went 1 out of 2. And those 1 those one out of 2s were, were big because the free throws that he did hit gave the Knicks get that extra point to uh, stay, you know, to keep um, out of distance, keep the heat out of distance. And Barrett also had a nice defensive... Um, game as well. This is a kid who continues to play defense, but down the stretch, keyed in on Butler, um, forced the Butler to miss a floater. Butler even missed a free throw to tie the game, and Barrett's defense on Butler down the stretch forced a turnover, landed in Barrett's hands, you know, off a drop-off pass, and the Knicks ended up again hitting a couple of free throws. <laughs> so Barrett's night was good. Randall was good. Reggie Bullock, 16 points, all in the second half, four three-pointers in the second half. Um, he had a stretch of 11 consecutive points he scored for the Knicks 
at the start of the third quarter. They were down eight points a couple minutes into the third. Reggie hit 11 points in a row for the Knicks to cut that lead in half. About like six minutes left. So he was big. You know, his shooting and defense is going to be a huge boost for this team. Oh, I wouldn't say huge because one man can only do so much, but it's going to be a nice boost for this team. You know, this is a team who, again, lacks that shooting personnel, so you can get as much as you can. It'd be nice. So Reggie Bullock, 16 second-half points after going 0 for something in the first half in 13 minutes. So that was nice to see him bounce back in the second half. Kevin Knox had a good performance, 17 points, 6 of 8 shooting, 5 rebounds, active out there, aggressive. That's the big thing. Kevin Knox this season seems to have lost a little bit of his confidence, um, not, of his, not as aggressive. Fans are starting to question his potential. I'm kind of one of them, I will admit. But tonight I thought Kevin Knox looked good. You know, I thought he, he was aggressive out there. The confidence was there. His stroke was nice. You know, when, he, when, he sh- when he's not forcing anything, and when he's taking smart shots, and when he's playing within the rhythm of the offense and, and moving around out there, not just staying flat-footed and, and just being a statue, that's when he's effective. He has to be, just be li- lively out there. And that's what he was tonight. And that's, we're seeing a little bit more from that, uh, from him recently. So that was good to see Knox, Randall, Barrett, and Bullock, really the four key players tonight for the Knicks. Taj Gibson, of course, had another good night. Kadeem Allen, nice dish off there. He had 10 points, um, a block, a steal. But this is a kid who, again, I, I've always liked this Kadeem Allen guy. He doesn't really, he doesn't have to make impact in the box score. But it's, <clears throat> he's a guy where he makes his presence, you know, elsewhere. He, he'll do the intangibles, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That was a nice and one there. See, this is a kid who, see, just forcing it, not forcing anything. And he's... He's playing within the rhythm of the offense. He knows how to how to just make this team better in, in certain areas. Not a lot better, but he'll make them improve a little bit here and a little bit there, and it'll eventually translate into something you know bigger. So it's it's nice to see him out there. I always called him the Marcus Smart of the Knicks. He's an intangibles guy. Plays defense, does enough offensively where you're gonna you know keep giving this guy minutes. And with Frank Nilakina hurt right now, Dennis Smith Jr. probably not gonna play another minute for this team. Um, you just hope that maybe Mike Miller gives Kadeem Allen some more minutes going forward. He's possibly their best point guard right now. So that, that'd be nice. You know, it'd be nice to get this Alfred Payton out, out of that starting point guard role. He was cute for a little bit, but it's, oh, his defense, I can't. <laughs> but that was, it was, it's just good to see them playing, um, at least, at least tonight. It was good to see them bounce back and play with some kind of spirit out there. So um, that was good. It was a good all-around game. Again, dominating the paint, hot second-half shooting, late defense, keyed in on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Butler did have 25, 10, and 6, <laughs> over 50% from the floor. But when it came down to crunch time, they keyed in on him. They neutralized him. And they, they, you know, He choked in the clutch, and the Knicks did a nice job. Part of it was just on him not getting the job done, but part of it was that defense they were playing. Again, locking down and making him force that drop-off pass that he turned over and force that floater where he airballed it and you know things like that. It was good, tight defense. The Knicks played on him. The Heat played their 2-3 zone a little bit, but the Knicks worked their way around it to 124 points. Then the Knicks didn't really do great from the arc. They don't shoot well from three, but Bullock provided a little bit of a boost in the second half, and the Knicks did their damage where they do their damage most of the time. 
Again, in that paint, 72 versus 46 points in the paint for the Knicks to the Heat. So the one thing that they really still didn't improve um, was the three-point shooting defense. <laughs> the Knicks still gave up 40% threes. Um, the Heat was four, were 14 out of 35. Again, it's the same thing tonight. Was It was spacing. It was spacing. And that's one thing that we really have to start see improving because we haven't seen it improve yet, whether that be under Fisdale or Miller. From game one to game 40, we haven't seen this this defensive um, perimeter defense improve much. It, there's too much space, not enough guys putting emphasis on the three-point line. And, you know, when you're especially when you're a team, like I said, who's not going to succeed yourself at the arc, you're going to at least have to defend the arc, right? Because that's something you can control. When you don't have three-point shooting talent, okay, what are you going to do? You know, but when you when you're you can at least you know when you you have guys that can at least defend a three point line, do it. You have to do it. You, I don't know, man. They don't do it. Fourteen more threes tonight. And listen, I don't know how they won. Honestly, you play the Miami Heat, you give up fourteen threes. I don't know how you win, but they, they figured it out. The Garden crowd was electric tonight, and I guess that was a big part of it. Home field, home court advantage. But Jesus Christ, they're. They've got to fix that three-point defense. I don't know what else to say. You know, going under the screen tonight, and that just caused more space for the Heat. You know, gave them more space to shoot. And God, Tyler Hero was going off a little bit in the fourth quarter. You know, just random dudes. Just um, the other Duncan Robinson kid. <laughs> oh, that's the most frustrating thing. Just defend the three-point arc. Put a little more emphasis. It's you know they're not necessarily doing what they did under Fizzle, which was collapsing in the paint and just leaving them 15 feet open, but they're just, they're guarding the arc, but they're not guarding it tight enough. You know Mike Miller said before the game he wants the Knicks to have their feet actually outside of the arc defending, so you literally give them no space. But that's not what they did. They they they're still kind of sagging off a little bit where it's too much. It's not enough aggressiveness. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Um, you know. Not enough defense. They didn't clamp down tight enough. So you want to see that improve, obviously. Will it? I don't know because I, I really don't see any. I have seen no signs. Again, game one to 40. I, that's got to improve. But all in all, that's their seventh win in 18 games under Miller tonight, which gives them a 388 win percentage under him. Under Fisdale, the Knicks played a 181 win percentage. So it's a drastic difference. Now, obviously. A 388 is nothing to to um, be excited about, nothing to be thrilled about, nothing to um, you know jump around about. But considering how pathetic and abominable they were under Fisdale, it's something where it, if you can at least keep hovering around that 400 mark and finish the season, staying aggressive, staying you know playing with energy, playing smart and hard. If they can keep doing that, it'd be nice to see the Knicks continue to play 400 ball and hopefully finish the year, try to get 30 wins. That's you know that's been my goal from day one, right? It's going to be a little hard now, you know, with their rough start under Fizdale, but you want to see, you just want to see them continue to play better. Not exactly good because again, seven and eleven is nothing to to scoff at, but it's nothing extraordinary. But it's definitely something. Whereas they're not just abominably pathetic. They're just a normal bad team under him so far. Um, does it continue? I really, I, I mean, I, 
if they if they just tank the rest of the year and they just flat out suck, I wouldn't be surprised because it's the Knicks and they're they're just abysmal. They, you know, but at the same time, this is a team that really shouldn't be that bad. They shouldn't be a one eighty one team. You know, they shouldn't be a team who just loses five out of every six. They should be a team who can at least pick up a few a few wins a few wins a week and stay competitive for a team that's not going to make the playoffs. So you want to see that at least. You want to see them hover around 400, keep winning seven of every 18 games or something around that mark, and salvage Miller's um, tenure here and win maybe 25 out of the 60 games that he coaches for this team. Uh, we'll see how that goes, though. You know, I, I don't want to get too specific into that. Just play hard, play smart, and you know, just keep, keep trying to balance winning but also developing your youth at the same time because that's again that's the one thing I do want to see Miller do a little bit better of a job at is not just going straight up for wins but play to develop your young kids a little more try to balance that out we talked about that last time out so we won't we won't stress on that too much tonight but that's pretty much it anyways I just you know it's it's it is what it is you know you'll take anything you can get at this point with the Knicks (laughs) So that's going to be that, guys. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say. But, you know, Marcus Morris is still out with injury. Frank Nielakina is still out with injury. So it's going to be it'll be nice to get at least one of them back for Tuesday's game against Milwaukee. But I don't think that's going to matter because I, I really just think Milwaukee is going to kick the living shit out of the Knicks on Tuesday. It's in Milwaukee again. It's so Giannis is probably going to drop on a low. 82 points, 55 rebounds, and 25 assists. Something along those lines. <laughs> it won't be competitive, I know that. So I don't expect anything to be positive after that game. I expect the narrative to change drastically, just like it does every time they win and lose this team. But as long as I said, like I said, as long as they at least beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and just whatever happens against the elite elite teams happens, whatever, finish the year floating around 400 and I'll accept that keep distributing minutes to the young kids and I'll accept it so just do those two things and I'll be happy about it somewhat happy because you're never going to be truly happy about a Knicks team you know when you're when you're happy about playing 400 ball that's that just goes to show how disgusting this franchise is but whatever just I don't know man beat the teams you're supposed to beat and just keep you know if you can sneak away with victories you're not supposed to have like tonight you'll take that too but we'll see what happens going forward again I don't I don't expect anything good from this next game on Tuesday to come but whatever happens happens but that's it all right guys I'm gonna go to bed it's late I'm losing my voice here and um I'll talk to you guys later Rob Carbone BD4 episode 61 signing out ciao